Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Yale Journal of Biology and Medicine podcast. I'm your host, Mark Gushleman, a PhD student at Yale studying microbiology. And I'm James Lawrence. I'm a second year MPH candidate studying public health. The most recent issue of YGBM was titled Climate Change and Environmental Health. To slightly expand on this topic, we're exploring the problem that's making headlines and raising concerns worldwide, the intersection of climate change and emerging diseases. Simply put, climate change refers to long-term shifts in our planet's weather patterns and temperature. This transformation is largely driven by excess greenhouse gases we release into the atmosphere, like carbon dioxide from burning fossil fuels. These gases act like cover around Earth, trapping heat and causing our planet to warm up. And the cosmic cases are, of course, far-reaching, from more frequent and severe weather events to melting of polar ice caps and disruptions in different ecosystems. But climate change isn't just about rising temperatures. It's a domino effect that touches every facet of our planet. As the world warms, it sets off a chain reaction that affects ecosystems, wildlife, and even pathogens. And this connection between climate change and emerging diseases is becoming increasingly evident to scientists. Rising temperatures disrupt habitats and force wildlife to adapt or relocate. This migration brings animals, microbes, and diseases into closer contact with humans, increasing the risk of zoonotic disease transmission. Consider this. As tropical forests shrink due to deforestation and changing climates, animals like bats, rodents, which often carry viruses like Ebola and SARS, the original virus of COVID-19, find themselves in new environments, including urban areas. This heightened proximity to humans creates opportunities for diseases to jump from animals to people. And furthermore, climate change affects disease vectors like mosquitoes, ticks, and other pests. Those vectors thrive in warmer, more humid conditions, extending their range and allowing them to transmit diseases like malaria, Lyme disease, and Zika to new areas. So a warming planet influences the distribution and behavior of disease-causing agents. Climate change can also lead to shifts in temperatures and precipitation patterns, which can alter the distribution and behavior of wildlife species. As habitats change, some animals might move to new areas where they come into contact with different species, including humans and domestic animals. This movement can increase chances of disease transmission, as species that were previously isolated may now interact. Climate change can also influence the dynamics between hosts and pathogens. Some pathogens may thrive in warmer conditions, allowing them to reproduce and spread more rapidly. Stressors caused by changing climates could weaken wildlife immune systems and make them more susceptible to infections. These factors can result in increased disease transmission from wildlife to humans or domestic animals. It can also lead to habitat loss and fragmentation, forcing wildlife to adapt to new environments or come in closer contact with human settlements. This proximity can lead to more frequent interactions between humans, domestic animals, and wildlife, increasing the potential for disease transmission. Fragmented habitats can also disrupt natural predator-prey relationships, potentially leading to overpopulation of certain species that can serve as disease reservoirs. Some wildlife species may migrate in response to changing climates. These migrations can bring animals into contact with new populations and environments, increasing the risk of disease transmission. Additionally, as these animals migrate, they might introduce new pathogens to areas that were previously disease-free. Another consideration is the impact of availability of water and food resources for both wildlife and humans. Competition for these resources can force wildlife to seek alternative sources, potentially leading them into human settlements or agricultural areas. 
This increased contact can facilitate the transmission of diseases from wildlife to humans. Extreme weather events can also occur. More frequent and severe weather events, such as hurricanes and floods, can disrupt ecosystems and displace wildlife from their natural habitats. These events can lead to the mixing of different species in confined areas and create opportunities for disease transmission. These shifts in ecosystems and disease patterns can also affect human behavior and infrastructure. Changes in the prevalence of certain diseases might lead to changes to outdoor activities, travel patterns, and housing designs, all of which can influence the likelihood of disease transmission. So the consequences of this link between climate change and emerging diseases are far-reaching. Outbreaks of diseases we've never encountered before become a real possibility, as we've all had to discover recently, and our ability to manage and treat them as well is put to test. So understanding this interrelationship is not just about addressing public health concerns. Now, of course, the urgent need to combat climate change. Now, one category of organisms particularly susceptible to the impact of climate change are the various arbovectors. And by arbovectors, we usually mean arthropods, primarily mosquitoes and ticks that transmit disease-causing pathogens from one host to another, often involving humans in the process. Think Zika virus or Borrelia, the bacteria behind Lyme disease. Climate change plays a pivotal role in this intricate web. As a plant warms, it creates favorable conditions for those arbovectors to thrive. Mosquitoes, for instance, love warm, wet environments, and rising temperatures and increased precipitation create ideal grounds for them. This doesn't only lead to larger mosquito populations, but also extends their geographic range. But it doesn't stop here. Climate change also affects the behavior of these vectors. Warmer temperatures can accelerate the development of pathogens within the vectors, reducing the incubation period and potentially increasing the rate of transmission to humans. As the disease vectors spread to new areas, they bring along diseases like dengue fever, Zika, chikungunya, which are once confined to tropical regions. It's like a global expansion of disease hotspots. Many of you have heard on the news about the recent outbreaks of West Nile virus in the United States. This mosquito-borne virus originated in warm tropical environments, but as a result of global changes in temperature, has spread to temperate regions, including Europe and the United States, where it was first detected in the early 2000s. Nowadays, thousands of cases are detected each year in the continental United States, particularly during the summer season. For most people, the virus causes no serious illness and requires no treatment. However, in 1% of cases, the disease spreads to involve the nervous system, resulting in encephalitis, inflammation of the brain, or meningitis, inflammation of the membranes that surround the brain and spinal cord. Um, which is called neurovasive West Nile, and it has an estimated mortality of 10%. West Nile virus belongs to a broader group of tropical viruses, such as dengue, Zika, and yellow fever, called flaviviruses. All of the viruses mentioned are transmitted by the bite of infected mosquitoes, and don't result in any human-to-human transmission. So, as the infection rate is directly linked to the prevalence and survival of the arbovector, those viruses are among the first diseases affected by climate change. Increasing temperatures create perfect environment for mosquito survival and reproduction, and a higher rate of extreme weather events like heavy rainfall and flooding. Another mosquito-borne disease that has been making headlines lately is malaria. Yeah, the disease we often associate with distant tropical regions is making a surprising comeback in the United States, and climate change is playing a significant role in this unwelcome resurgence. 
Even though parasites are unknown to cause malaria disease in humans are transmitted by different species of mosquitoes and the viruses we have discussed previously, their ecological niche changes in the same in the response to change in the environment. Warmer temperatures and changing rainfall patterns brought on by climate change create favorable conditions for mosquitoes to thrive in regions where they weren't common before, including parts of the United States, and persist for longer periods of time. This year, the states of Texas and Florida have reported locally acquired cases of malaria. By locally acquired, we mean the cases that have been transmitted on the territory of the United States. It is an important distinction between because each year, several cases are brought into the country through international travel and immigration from the countries where the diseases are endemic. But now, for the first time in 20 years, we are witnessing the local transmission of malaria. While the current cases are not an imminent danger to the community, they do signal a worrying trend that many experts tie to the global change in the environment. And of course, the risk for mosquito-borne diseases doesn't just involve the United States. According to the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, over 50 million people will be at risk of malaria in eastern and southern Africa by the 2030s because of global warming. This isn't just a local issue, it's a global one. Understanding how climate change contributes to the resurgence of diseases like West Nile and malaria is crucial for preparedness and response efforts worldwide. Now, Mario, I'm also kind of curious about other insects besides mosquitoes. Can we talk about ticks a little bit? Sure. When we think ticks, we in the United States, especially in Connecticut, of course, think Lyme disease. <laughs> Lyme disease is the most common vector-borne disease in the United States. CDC estimates more than 450,000 cases every year in the country alone. With the first cases reported in southeastern Connecticut less than 50 years ago, the disease is now considered endemic to the regions of New England and the northeastern United States, consistently spreading south and becoming common in more territories each year. With that, Lyme disease is one of the fastest growing infections in the United States. And one of the factors to blame, you guessed it, climate change. Warmer temperatures and increased moisture create perfect environments for the ticks and allowing them to expand their range and stick around longer. Scientists are observing cases of Lyme disease in areas like Canada, as well as presence of ticks on territories of Norway and even in the Arctic, areas where before the presence of ticks would be unusual. But insects and arthropod-borne diseases are not the only ones increasing their presence and impact on human lives in our changing world. Climate change can have significant impacts on the emergence and spread of infectious diseases, particularly those that originate from wildlife and zoonotic sources. The link between climate change and emerging diseases through contact with wildlife is complex and multifaceted, involving various ecological, environmental, and biological factors. The CDC provides valuable insights into this phenomenon on their website. Here's a breakdown on how climate change drives the emergence of diseases through contact with wildlife, using the information from the CDC as a reference. Ebola is one exemplary disease that embodies many of the aforementioned considerations. The initial discovery of the viruses occurred in the Democratic Republic of the Congo in 1976, and the African fruit bat is hypothesized to serve as a reservoir for the disease. Similar to Ebola, the reservoirs for the virus that shut down the world and caused the deaths of millions are suspected to experience little, if any, effects from COVID-19. These hosts allow the virus to proliferate as much as asymptomatic individuals can spread COVID-19 to unsuspecting and at-risk populations. 
Another disease that we can discuss is monkeypox. It emerged as a public health concern in recent years, drawing parallels to its better known relative smallpox. The emergence of this disease is believed to be driven by various factors, including human encroachment into wildlife habitats, deforestation, and the expansion of global travel and trade. This zoonotic virus is transmitted from animals such as rodents or primates to humans, sparking sporadic outbreaks primarily in Central and West Africa. Climate change can also indirectly contribute to the conditions that favor the spread of this infectious disease. It can also lead to the shifts in distributions of animal species, including those that serve as vectors for monkeypox. As temperature and precipitation patterns change, the habitat ranges of animals like rodents or primates might expand, potentially bringing them closer contact with human populations and increasing the chances of zoonotic transmission. As a result of disruptions in ecosystems and deforestation, which can force wildlife out of their natural habitats and bring them into closer proximity to human settlements, increased interactions between wildlife and humans can facilitate the transmission of mpox or monkeypox from animals to humans. Factors like temperature and humidity can influence the survival and transmission of viruses. While the specific effects of climate change on monkeypox are not well documented, alterations in these factors could potentially impact the virus's ability to persist in the environment or increase its transmissibility. Climate change can also lead to displacement and or migration of human populations due to extreme weather events like we discussed earlier, resource scarcity, or other climate-related factors. This movement of people, again, can facilitate the spread of monkeypox in new regions or countries, as well as infected individuals who carry the virus with them when they relocate. So with every factor that we just discussed, how as a society can we be more prepared? That's a great question. First, we can start with factors like early detection and surveillance of these pathogens and diseases, these reservoirs. We can enhance global surveillance systems to detect and monitor disease outbreaks early and catch them before they start to spread. This involves setting up networks for real-time data sharing and analysis to identify potential public health threats. But how do we identify those metrics? That's a great question too. Through research and development. Investing in research to understand how climate change affects disease vectors, hosts, and transmission patterns. This is going to enable the development of new diagnostic tools, treatments, and vaccines. And how do those considerations interact with our healthcare system? Well, one consideration that we would have to take into account is the strength of our healthcare system. We need to strengthen our healthcare systems to handle increased disease burdens as climate change begin to, begins to affect us all. This includes improving medical facilities, training healthcare workers, and ensuring adequate supply chains are available for medicines and medical equipment. We should also involve local communities in disease prevention and control efforts. We need to educate folks about the link between climate change and health and empower them to take preventative measures. Building resilience in these communities to reduce the health impacts of climate change includes improving water and sanitation systems, promoting food security, and designing infrastructure that can withstand the extreme weather events that we mentioned earlier. When it comes to trying to control the spread of the arboviruses and other infections spread by arbovectors, the most effective control is considered to be on the insect level. We try to manage the disease-carrying organisms like mosquitoes and ticks. That usually involves use of insecticides, removal breeding sites, introducing different biological controls. And of course, it is hard to overestimate the importance of scientific advances in the area of arbovector control. Absolutely. It's also important to be cognizant of approaches like the One Health approach that recognizes the interconnectedness of human, animal, and environmental health, especially with emerging diseases and antimicrobial resistance 
This approach can help in identifying and addressing potential disease threats at their source. It's also important that we collaborate on a global scale to address the cross-border nature of emerging diseases. As we saw with the COVID-19 pandemic, sharing information, expertise, and resources can lead to better preparedness and response. We should also integrate health considerations into broader climate adaptation strategies. This could involve modifying urban planning, uh, changing agricultural practices, and implementing disaster management plans to account for these health risks. Furthermore, raising public awareness about the health risks associated with climate change and how individuals can protect themselves and encouraging behavioral changes that minimize exposure to disease vectors are also ways that we should be addressing these problems. What we can do is start to advocate for policies that prioritize public health in climate change discussions. This can include supporting initiatives that reduce greenhouse gas emissions and promote sustainable development. Lastly, developing and testing emergency response plans for disease outbreaks exacerbated by climate change should involve multiple stakeholders and outline clear roles and responsibilities for policymakers and the general public. In short, the intersection between climate change and emerging diseases is driven by a number of factors and results in drastic changes to local ecosystems and populations. There are steps that we can all take to be more resilient and as an our impact on the environment and to avoid the transmission of harmful pathogens. Ultimately, a global effort that combines environmental protection with robust public health measures is essential to effectively combat emerging diseases exacerbated by climate change. And each one of us has a role to play.